0: baja alaska or just about anywhere the fish are biting we have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening so sit back relax and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio it's all right here right now on rod and reel radio the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the united states now here's your host hop along
1: john cassidy well, Mark Larson, thank you, and Southern California, welcome again to another Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am indeed your underfished toast. Hop along, John Cassidy. If if you hear a little swishing in the background, it's me getting as close to the fan as I can to keep cool, and I hope all of you are doing the same thing. But you know what? It's summertime, the weather is hot, and the fishing is even hotter, and we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Uh, Let me tell you who our guests are scheduled, uh, you know, before we start getting into it. Right out of the gate, we're going to have Captain Keith Danette from Constitution Sports Fishing. Man, they have had some epic trips. And we're going to talk about one particular uh, fisherman that was on one of the trips that had a fish of a lifetime. So you're going to want to hear about that. Then later on in the hour, one bass director, Billy Egan, is going to be with us. We've got the... uh, uh, California Open at Clear Lake, soon to be taking off. And then also the California Tuna Challenge is right around the corner. Those are two events you're going to want to hear a little bit more about. And then the 6 o'clock hour, we're going to have the lawman himself, Gerald Bill Hochstad, is going to be with us. We're going to talk about calico bass fishing and all the ramifications around it. There are some people that that just think, calico bass fishing should be just a pure art everything that you catch should be released there's other people that believe hey calico bass are a sports fish so let's go about and take what we need and leave the rest for somebody else to catch we'll get into the techniques and the passion that bill has for calico bass fishing you're going to want to hear that that starts at six o'clock but before we get all started up and ready to go let me first introduce to you the co-host just back from his shoulder surgery and ready to go and talk about fishing and other things on his mind. He is a voice of one 800 Bass Boat and a pretty darn good fresh and saltwater fisherman in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, John Wynn. Welcome
2: everybody to the show. I'm I'm actually happy to be here at this point in time and be able to say, you know what? They uh, sawed me apart and on <laughs> Thursday and I'm sitting here talking on Sunday feeling pretty doggone good. So well stay up nowadays.
1: You're uh, I gotta tell you, uh, you know, this is one of those things that everyone talks about. Well, it's easy to do, you gotta do it. But when you talk about it happening to yourself. It's a whole completely different matter. And I'm going to take some time here more towards the end of the show, and maybe we'll have a chance to chit-chat a little bit about that and we'll and get what <laughs> your expectation was and your realization, okay? That'll be perf. All right. My other co-host, a she is the national sales manager for Isoline, represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. She's also one of the newest commercial fishermen here. On uh, the west coast she's an expert fisherman and hunter and her own right and just back from pouring herself a nice cool beverage is wendy toshahara wendy welcome to the show ma'am
3: and there may be a little alcohol involved in that nice cool beverage
1: <laughs> it's, Wait a minute. is that ice i hear <laughs> it's it's completely medicinal it, it helps keep your uh, voice uh clear and keep uh all those bad things from getting in the way of of all the great things that you're going to be talking with us tonight about, Wendy? I, I it's,
3: think it's helping me prevent COVID.
1: It's, it's <laughs> lubrication, that's right. <laughs> let's just don't hear any gargling, okay? <laughs> all right. <laughs> hey, guys, let's get to our first guest. He's the owner-operator of Constitution Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing here, and that we're going to find out what the Constitution does later on in the year. But let's talk about current events right now. Hey, let's welcome Captain Keith Dinett with us. Captain Keith, welcome to Rod Real Radio, sir. Thank you guys. Uh, thanks for having me on board
4: with you guys. Uh on
1: this lovely Sunday. Appreciate it. Well I Keith, I hope where you are, I know you're not in the Southern California area, but right now all throughout the uh Uh, The uh, south-central area and the southwest is pretty hot. Are you experiencing warm weather there, too? It
4: was hot today. It's been been in the hundreds. I think today was 105 today. So, yeah, it was definitely
1: extremely hot. All right. Captain Keith, I think of the Constitution as one of the more luxurious long-range boats that run out of San Diego over here, but you've been running some day-and-a-half, day-and-three-quarter trips, and it seems like the fishing for the Constitution has been pretty near epic for this time of year.
4: It has, and you know what? For starters, um, you, know, we're, you know, we're not just one boat. We're, we're two boat fleet. so we have two amazing boats. We have the Constitution, which is an 85-foot Aquabay Marine custom boat, and we also have another boat, uh, the Poseidon, which is a 75-foot that my son, Hunter, operates and runs.
1: Great. Well, tell us a little bit about, uh, uh, we mentioned the Constitution is fishing a day and a half, day and three quarters. Tell us about what the schedule is for the Poseidon.
4: Uh, Poseidon's running hand in hand. You know, we we, we both boats have kind of, kind of the uh, Poseidon's kind of taking a run with a, a day and three quarters. That's been their game, and, just, and the Constitution's been filling in between with that. But this day and three quarter, this reverse day and a half thing, has been an incredible uh, game changer, especially for you know, especially now. Like right now, we've got we've got bluefin within 30 miles, and we're not just talking you know a few fish. We're talking limit style bluefin. And if you're a good you know rod and reeler, you know on these day and three quarter trips, we leave at 11 o'clock in the morning, get bait, run to the grounds, and you're fishing. You're know, really on the grounds around three o'clock, maybe you know 3.30, 4 o'clock, depending on how far the boat has to run. And you've got an opportunity to catch two-day limits on a on a day and three-quarter. And if you're a good angler, you just walk off the boat with blue Lufin.
1: You know, uh, Captain Keith, last week we had Captain Chuck Ta- uh, Taft on, and he was just coming back from uh, uh, an overnight trip. And th- they were saying – he was saying that of about the 26 to 29 hookups that they got – they were only able to land about six of those fish the the, the fishermen are really coming under gun, but I think the fishermen are are learning now that you're not bringing a knife to a a gunfight, and i'm seeing that with the numbers of, on the constitution tell me uh, uh, is that a correct assumption on our part
4: well no no actually that this particular there's two there's two like or three different types of grades of fish but yeah, this, this, uh, school size, I'm talking 25 to 50 pounds. This fish, um uh, was the same school of fish that we were fishing a month ago off of San Martín Island. And even when we were going on day and a half trips, we were running right 150, 160 miles south, getting on these, these limit style schools of fish. I mean, massive 100 to 200 ton spots of fish. And they're biting. And they're eating, they're eating 30, 40, and 50 pound lines. Um, they're eating jigs or eating, you know, everything, bait, I mean, full speed. And and uh, so as of late the last couple of days, it has literally been limit-style basin fishing um, right out front, right front of San Diego, and uh, fishing's been fantastic. Um, so the Constitution's been hitting that. Both of us have been hitting it, but uh, this last trip, uh, uh, the Constitution hit the uh, that small school size fish. They hit 40 of them. They landed. 16, 15 to 16 of them. Uh, they just, you know, they managed to get away. It was, it was a, it was, uh, it was just one of those trips. Um, but, uh, Howard decided to run far. He ran, he ran 80 miles out. Um, and he ran out to an area and they got, uh, they landed 18 bluefin. But they were, all the bluefin were 130 to 235 pounds. And I think no. they had three over 200 and the majority of them were 160 to 180 pounds. And uh, Keith, so not a bad trip for,
2: for uh, 20 guys. Keith, I hear this stuff has been moving around quite a bit. It was down south a bit. You know, he had the yellowfin mixed in with that smaller bluefin. Um, down below, along with, you know, kelp patties and some yellowtail and dorado on that, that seems to have kind of been that fish that's down there moved up a little bit and got closer to our, you know, borderline. But is this stuff out there on the, you know, the airplane, the mushroom and, and the area outside there, the dumping grounds, or is it spread out like that in smaller groups in some of the areas and that larger stuff closer to yeah. the island? Where is this stuff?
4: You know, we've got a plane that flies, you know, uh, once, twice, sometimes every day, whatever it needs to be. I mean, it just, it been, been exactly outside, inside, uh, big schools all around. It's been, been marching out to the west. And uh, it runs out to the west, and then it, it disappears, and it pops up back in the east, and it's a little bit all over, but there's incredible size areas of fish. And there was a, there's a, there's some talk, um, yes, two days ago, uh, there was a saner out near San Nicolas Island, and they saned a, a pretty large school of, of pollution out there. And these fish, they were averaging in the, in the mid threes, uh, 300, 350 pounders, but they had fish in the net that were over a thousand pounds. Who was over a thousand pounds in the net, and the last time I remember this was back in the early 80s, and it was 81 or 82. Yeah, well, that's what we that actually razor.
2: saw. I got eyeballs on that stuff. It came up, and actually we hung one we were right in the middle of a marlin tournament, um, but they were out of the water right next to our boat, and, and Bob Scandleberry from... Uh, contender rods and I when we were fishing in the tournament we just got we got to turn away if we hook one of these we 'll never land them but that stuff back then I think it was eighty like eighty one eighty two eighty three in that realm when that stuff was yep. was popped up and and that was giant then you know we 'd never seen anything this stuff now uh, the volume that we have out here is incredible <laughs> so and it 's spread out everywhere uh and it 's in you yeah. know a smaller Fish happen to be in one spot, and all of a sudden, that stuff disappears, and it can turn to 200 pound stuff just that fast.
4: Yeah, and, and they've got eggs. I mean, so when when two and a half eggs, that means they're spawning, and they're they live there for the rest of their lives. So it's not like you know, I see you know something that they're, they're here this this year and they're gone and next. I mean, when they start egging, you know, they're they're, they're sticking around. They're, they're, they're home guards.
1: We are uh, speaking with uh, Keith Dunnett. He's the owner operator of Constitution Sports Fishing and Poseidon Sports Fishing out of uh, H&M Lightning here in San Diego. And and Keith, uh, one of the things I guess we have to address, we, we've got to address the elephant in the room, or should I say more the super cow that is in the room? It, it seems like uh, some of us like to go out there and progress and we catch our uh, double digit fish and then we progress to triple digit fish and and keep on going out. But it seems like the constitution had an episode over this past week where someone went right from double digit to super cow fishing. Can you, can you uh, give us a little uh, story behind the story on just exactly what that was all about?
4: Hey, yeah. You know what? Uh, captain chase was running the boat on that particular trip
1: and, uh, they
4: had a phenomenal hit. They they hooked over thirty five fish, and I think they landed right around sixteen of them. Um, they had uh, they had about four over two hundred. They had one over three hundred, um, and then they lost another one that was in that same range. That's that mid mid three hundred pound fish that chewed through the leader right at right at uh, right at just out of gaff range. Um, but we did have a, a lucky angler. Uh, Sophia Gale, uh, first time lady angler on board our boat and, uh, and her, her dream was obviously to catch a fish over, over 50 pounds. And, uh, you know, and, and as, as always, uh, women and children always go first on our, on the kite rotation, of our boat, we just, so we start with the ladies or children up first and, and, uh, we kind of start, that's where we start from there and we go down the list. But, uh, she was number one and uh, that was our first fish. We hooked to the trip, got her on board and uh, pretty, pretty amazing fish to to hit the deck.
1: Wow, I, I pretty amazing is an understatement. Uh, to you know, I know now the Constitution fishes off our local waters here, and then later on in the season, you you go down to fish off of Mexico and Puerto Vallarta. But is this one of the largest fish that uh, has been caught on the Constitution, Keith?
4: Well, it is definitely the largest bluefin that we've caught. Um, Definitely never. It hasn't been the largest fish, but we've, 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 uh, we've, uh, voted, uh, on the Constitution. We've had a yellowfin that was a 413 pounder caught by Kevin Boyle. Um, We've had a 385 pound, um, by, caught by Aaron Kaplan. We've seen some, some large, you know, a lot of 375s, 380s, 385s, 390s and 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 fish over four hundred pounds, but those are the elephant, and this is this has been the, the largest bluefin caught um, in our local waters, which is pretty nice
1: All right hey, captain Keith, we've got holy guys, we got to take a commercial break uh, right now is cap Keith, is there any way I can get you to stay with us just a little bit longer and we can talk about more of the phenomenal fishing not only here off the southern California coast, but what you expect to be seeing here later on in the season and talk a little bit about the more about the poseidon and the constitution sounds good all right Hang hey you listen to you. ron real radio on am 540 or you can listen to us live at uh, ronreelradio.com stan wendy captain keith Danette, and myself will be back after these messages
5: Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality soft plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than 2.5 million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it for me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto Custom bait.
6: Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner's store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs.
7: Hello, this is Bill Varney from CCA California with a warning to all California anglers. Assembly Bill 3030 is here. AB 3030 proposes to conserve at least 30% of California's water and land by 2030. To date, California has already restricted or placed off limits nearly 40% of the fishable coast. With a current network of more than 145 marine protected areas, California is already recognized as a world leader in marine conservation. The state legislature is working quickly to make these possible closures a reality with no input from anglers. Are you gonna let them take your fishing away again? It's time to join CCA if you're not already a member and stand up for your right to fish. Taking steps to help is easy. Join CCA if you're not already a member. Donate to CCA to fund the fight. Volunteer with CCA to join our army to help stand up for anglers and our right to fish. You'll find more information and a link to join at ccacalifornia.org.
1: We all like to travel, whether it's for business or it's pleasure. But one thing we all like to do, it's save money. Well, we got a travel tip for you. Bill Boyce has put together a travel website for you that can save you a lot of money. You can become your own travel agent. The site is bookwithboice.com You're going to save yourself 5 to 35% on all nationally advertised travel rates. You want to uh, go to Mexico? You want to go to Hawaii? bookwithboyce.com can offer you outstanding prices. And here's the deal. There's no surprises for accommodations, rental cars, or activities. So try bookwithBoice.com now and thank Bill Boyce later on.
8: Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, you're also helping yourself? Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit SanDiegoBloodBank.org. That's the SanDiegoBloodBank.org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor.
9: I always wear a life jacket when I'm on the water because I'm lazy. I like floating like a giant turtle covered with SPF 50. The life jacket does the work. I highly recommend this to everyone.
0: Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
1: This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockleys Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rock Lease at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Our special guest this hour is Captain Keith Dinnett from Constitution and Poseidon Sports Fishing. And Captain Keith, thanks a lot for taking some of your Sunday here to join us. Uh, uh, really been looking forward to having you on because the the numbers I've been seeing the constitution posting have just been, you know, it seems like a little bit above average than some of the other boats. So uh, congratulations on that.
4: Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a lot of hard work, and it it's not only just catching fish; it's keeping our anglers safe. The boat is going way out overboard on on our sanitation, and you know, it, it's it's at first it was it was a struggle, you know, to kind of change our program, and now it's. It's been a, a very smooth program for us and and the and the crew's just flowing with it we're keeping everybody safe, keeping the boats clean um we, that's just it's it's the new way going right now, and it's a, we we've been up to that and so not only doing that but you know trying to catch fish and make things happen and it's it's uh but it's all working out the fish are biting you know we've we've got a great early season of biting fish we've got a lot of anglers that want to go fishing, and uh you know a lot of guys have you know, families have changed their, their 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 travel plans, and now they're they're you know keeping it at home. You know, and they're doing stuff local, which is pretty nice for us because we were shut down for a while there, and we were kind of getting getting a little nervous.
1: Uh, Captain Keith, uh, I know, and uh, I think everyone is very well aware of the protocols to try and keep uh, ourselves safe, especially in light that it, there seems like there are more reported cases of COVID. As a matter of fact, I had one of the fishermen text me oh, about 30 minutes before we went on air, and, and someone with a temperature of 104 tried to get on one of the sports boats today, and they were, uh, they were turned away. Uh, can you just go over real quickly the protocol that you are following on the Constitution and the Poseidon, especially on overnight trips, to, to keep everyone as safe as possible?
4: Well, we you know for starters, you know we we get everybody lined up and everybody's socially distanced on the dock. Our, our docks, all all of them are well marked, uh, six feet apart. Everybody kind of lines up. Uh, we do have a uh, COVID release form for everybody to sign before they get on board. Uh, once they get up, before they step on board, they just we do a little temp check um, on every every angler before they step on board. And uh, we 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 do a slow. Uh, we we start to line up a little earlier than normal. And, um, since we, we, we do that check, uh, we allow five anglers to get on at a time. It lets everybody kind of spread out and go and find their bunks, go get everything, uh, where they need to go. And then they'll, once they, they, they check in in the galley, um, and get everybody going, it, we ask them to go run up to the bow, and our, our rails are all marked. And we get everybody kind of in the sense, socially distant. Um, and everybody wears a mask when they step on board and, uh, yeah, and throughout the whole trip, it's constant cleaning, bleaching the rails, bleaching the heads, you know, wiping everything down the galley. It's just, it's a, it's a non-stop. We have, uh, sanitizing stations. We always, uh, recommend our anglers to wash your hands. And if you're in a situation where you're not able to wash your hands, we have, uh, unlimited supply of hand sanitizer. And, uh, it's just, you know, if you want to go get a cup of coffee, uh, if you want to grab something real quick and, you know, you just don't, you know, there's a line at the head or whatever, you know, they can go clean their hands, and then we have gloves for all the anglers to use to uh, to get their coffee, get a drink, um, you know, sit down. We have kind of limited seating in the galley we kind of encourage everybody to eat food outside. Um, you know, it's just kind of a new way for until, until things calm down.
1: Wow. And, you know, I, I've got to really tell uh, our listening audience, too, that right now the fishing is is great out there. but Don't don't feel like, hey, these fish now are getting so big that that you can't handle them or that you're not going to be able to, you know, to enjoy a trip going out thinking that, oh, my gosh, I might get a 300 pound fish. We had this uh, young lady uh, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, Sophia Gale. She picked up a three hundred and seventy pound fish. And I don't think Sophia is any more than maybe what, one hundred and thirty five pounds soaking wet. And with the help of your crew and, and who knows what, uh, she was able to catch not only the fish of a lifetime, but have a memory for the rest of her life of something that none of us really have had, have the opportunity to do.
4: Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a lot with her. It starts with the crew. 100%. The moment that everybody steps on, it's always the crew and, from the career it goes into the tackle, we, you know, we, we fish with, you know, we, we use, we probably use Akuma, uh, Makiras and, and, and the PCH rod rail rods, and Akuma rods and Akuma reels and, and all of our gear is all braided up. We have, uh, a large, uh, selection of kite gear, helium tanks, kites, helium balloons. Um, we just had another order of a hundred flying fish delivered to our boats this morning. Uh, from G-Fly, those guys, uh, Mark Maeda brought them down to, uh, Mark and uh, Terry brought them down to us. So we, you know, we get, we've got, we've got flying fish on board and the boats are designed and rigged to catch big fish. So it helps that. And, you know, when we, when we do hook one of these big fish, the tackle, it's amazing. When you're fishing the proper tackle, it's, it's, it's amazing how a 370 pound fish with the proper tackle feels like a fifty-pound fish with, say, forty-pound tackle. It's the same. It, it feels the same. It's it's the same pull. It's the same drag. It, it just, you know, we just have bigger, bigger brakes on these reels and heavier line, and you know, a lot of spool capacity. And you know, in the end, there, it's it's it, these fish can be landed, you know, by by novice anglers very easily.
2: When you know, uh, oh, go on, Stan. About- you know, the technology has come so far <laughs> over the last even 10 years, uh, but, you know, since 05, let's go back to when the yellowfin exploded down there on the lower banks, and everybody was not used to being involved with, you know, fish coming in it, at speed like this, where you got 100-pounders, one thing, but when you get 200-pounders coming in, and the chance to get those, and and you can have... Several, not just one <laughs> hooked up all at the same time that was down there then, but we did not have the technology in the rods and the reels that we have today now the the rod the reel companies kind of made the move hey we've got we built in the torque and we built in the power for you, and we put speeds on the reel now you've got to have a rod company that can match that, and with the programs that they've got out there today, the rod companies have built rods that you can put them on the rail turn the handle load that rod up and when the when the rod tip comes up you turn the handle and load the rod tip up again and learn how to use that technique and you can land these fish where before we didn't have a whole lot of chance especially before spectra you know they'd run us out of mono and a heartbeat but now with all the programs that we've got and all of the different techniques that we've learned it has just changed fishing dramatically and if you can Get people on board to listen a little bit. Um, they'll quit fighting the rod, the reel, and the rail, and just fight the fish once they learn how. And it's a, it's definitely technique driven. But it, once you get it down, it's a pretty simple task, and you can land these big guys.
4: Yeah, exactly. And and these rod companies, you know, especially with these new rods that we're fishing with, you know, it's just we we haven't even used a push pole in two years. And, uh, those, you know, the days of having a push pole, having one crew member sitting there pushing the fish away, pushing the fish away, pushing the fish away, keeping it from rubbing against the hull of the boat or the props are gone. You know, it, it's, it's all technique and it's a little bit of guidance, you know, especially once we see that fish at color, you know, we, you know, we get involved a lot more and, and that fish is literally, you know, it, it's, 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 it's far from getting rubbed on the boat and there's, there's definitely techniques and then an angler can definitely put it in the wheels pretty darn quick and lose that fish. But we've kind of spent a lot of time watching these fish and understand them pretty good. And, you know, like I said, we haven't used the push pole in, in years.
1: Mm-hmm. We're speaking hey, you with, know, I, have to
3: say, I have, I, I want to say to the people that are new that are listening to the radio show talking about big tuna, you know, don't be afraid to use the rail. The rail is your friend. Uh, you know, I'm only five feet tall. I use the rail all the time. I let the boat do the work in the swell, and I don't kill myself bringing in fish.
1: Yep. There you go. Right there. Yep. Hey, we're uh, speaking with Captain Keith uh, Danette, He's owner Operator of uh, Constitution and Poseidon Sports Fishing. Now, Captain uh, Keith, historically in the past years, uh, later on in the season, you take the Constitution and you go fish off the uh, coast of Mexico. In light of the fishing that we're seeing here and what's happening with the uh, uh, coronavirus and everything like that are you still on track to do that and and if you are tell us a little bit about that excursion that you make off the mexican coast yeah
4: we're we're definitely um we have uh we're all 100 percent on board you know obviously you have everything anything and everything could change I and mean, we've seen some crazy stuff happen lately uh, but but both boats are you know, we do have the Poseidon and the Constitution. We, uh, our plan, we have, uh, we're leaving on October 18th from San Diego. We'll be going to Mag Bay. We'll be fishing in Mag Bay for seven trips per boat. We'll be doing offering four and five day trips and our anglers will be flying into Loreto. There we'll be picking up our anglers in luxury vans um, brought to San Carlos and then from there board the vessels. And, uh, we'll be, you know, be going out on four and five day trips and, and, uh, back to back and we'll be running seven trips in Mag Bay. And, uh, that's, that's our, our program. And then after that, we'll, right after the end of November, uh, we'll take it from October 22nd through November 22nd. And then, uh, December, we'll be pulling into Port of and, uh, we'll be operating out of Port of and, you know, fishing for that, uh, you know, that, that big gelf that roams around that area.
1: Wow, and 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 tell us when it comes to bringing gear and everything like that, to, are fishermen expected to carry everything down there? Do you have a full complement? Uh, uh, do you offset on whatever it is they don't bring? That tell us a little bit about what type of gear they should bring with them on a trip like that, and should they they should be expecting to fish with?
4: Well, the unique thing about fishing with us
1: is that uh, we we uh, we we purchase you
4: know, what well, was, was for the constitution about $40,000 worth of tackle. And we would rig up both, you know, our boats full of thirties and fifties and kite gear and all kinds of gear. And our anglers um, do not need to bring any gear um coming fishing with us. All of our gear is brand new from the start of our season. And it gets used for about a few months, four or five months. And then it gets, comes off the boat, it gets sold. And then we buy all brand new gear. So every year we buy brand new gear. The boat's, run with brand new gear for for every season. Um we do have a, a unique program in Mag Bay. Um we what we're doing is we're allowing our groups to uh put rod tubes on board the boats. Um and since we're only going to be there for a month, um each group can you know put one or two rod tubes, mark their tube and if they want to put some jig sticks in there, um they're not interested in carrying anything on the plane, they can go ahead and put them in the rod tubes, uh put them on the boat and get strapped on the top deck. And you know when their group shows up, uh, we'll have some care packages for them with uh, those uh, uh, trolling, you, know, you know, wahoo trolling lures and and whatever stuff that they want to put on on board. You know, we'll have a tote for each group, and uh, and they also have their rods on board. So if you guys want to put some reels in there or just want to carry their reels on the plane and then show up to the boat, fish their rods, pull them on the rod tubes. Of course, we're going to have all the gear on board. For For them you will know, we'll have you know forty and fifty pounds sixty and eighty pound and hundred pound and hundred fifty pound rods and for everybody to use um, for a trip. so we've got gear for them, and if the gays guys want to bring some special gear on board, they can put them in rod tubes and then once the trip is is uh is done in, on in the end of November, the boat heads up north, and the groups can come and pick up their rod tubes and it's kind of a neat of a custom personalized service that we're doing
1: that trip that you're running off of mag bay just sounds gosh so inviting because you know either you go to mag bay and you're fishing pongas and you don't get a chance sometimes to go outside or none of us uh, not a lot of us have the luxury of being there on uh uh, uh you know someone's personal vessel what are the expectations of of the type of fishing you're going to be doing when you're uh, staying off Mag Bay, uh, Captain Keith.
4: So so we'll be offering four and five day trips. So that means on a four day trip you're going to get about three days worth of fishing, and uh, on a five day trip you're going to get four days of fishing. Um, we'll be uh, we'll be fishing offshore. We'll be targeting wahoo and tuna and dorado, yellowtail. Uh, that place is just corroded with marlin, and uh, you know we've, we've seen. Um, there's been a trend, you know. There's been, there's been you know, seen this giant dolphin showing up there and, uh, last year was, you know, the first year before that, and I think we're just going to start seeing more and more that we're kind of in a, in a trend right now. We're going to start seeing that large elephant off of Mag Bay here this year, and so we're kind of hoping to, to 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 see that there when we're we're you know we're down there, and uh, so yeah, we're we're offering really neat trips. Walloon fishing, it's kind of a, uh, you know, if you don't exactly, you nail it on the head. If you don't know somebody who's got a private yacht or, you know, or you, you, know, you haven't signed up on a, an 8 or 10 or 12 day trip, um, you know, it's, it's something that's pretty unique where you're able to fly in. And if you're not able to get away for that long, you can kind of get on a boat, you'll fish for, you know, for three or four days and you'll know, have a really nice trip.
1: Captain Keith, uh, if uh, someone is interested in finding out what the schedule is for Constitution Sports Fishing or the Poseidon here in San Diego and want more information about fishing with you off of, uh, uh, you know, Mag Bay and or going off the coast of mainland Mexico. How's the best way to go about getting that information?
4: Well, always. You could always talk to my wife, Nicole. Um, she she answers the phone. I, I hate to say it 24 hours a day, but, you know, pretty darn close. We get a lot of guys that call <laughs> late at night. But 866-903-7742. Um, they can always uh, go online at constitutionsportfishing.com or uh, poseidonsportfishing.net. And uh, you can go on either website. Um, and also, too, you know, hmlanding.com, uh, very great uh, site where, you know, if it's uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night and you're absolutely itching to go fishing, um, you can just jump on there find either the Poseidon or the Constitution, get clicked in there, put your credit card in there, and book your spot and go fishing because those trips are going up fast.
1: Captain Keith Dinnett, thanks a lot for being with us, and we look forward to seeing you aboard the deck of the uh, Poseidon or the Constitution here real soon. Thanks a lot uh, for sharing some of your Sunday with us. I appreciate
4: it, guys. Thank you for having me uh, on board. Have a great Sunday, everybody. Thank you for listening.
1: all All right. Thank you. Boy, great great fishing right now. Well, we're going to get on to more great fishing because coming up next, we're going to have one bass director, Billy Egan. He's going to be talking to us about the California Open at Clear Lake. And maybe we'll have a little bit of the opportunity to uh, talk about the tuna challenge that will be happening down here in San Diego a few weeks later on. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Real Radio to come after these messages. This is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that'll help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all major brands. And if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there.
10: We want to tell our listeners a little about Bajo La Luna restaurant located within a lush hidden garden in the heart of Cabo San Lucas. This family run restaurant offers patrons a selection of unbelievable tapas, the most delicious Mexican entrees, an outstanding selection of wines and crafted cocktails and the most amazing desserts, all served in an upscale, casual outdoors atmosphere at prices you'll find very affordable. When you visit Bajo La Luna, mention Rodden Rail Radio, and there might just be a complimentary beverage served with your dining experience. Bajo La Luna is located right across the street from Cabo Wabo and offers free or valet parking. Get all the information you'll need to visit Bajo La Luna Restaurant on Facebook. Just click the direct link icon found on rodandrealradio.com.
1: Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San lucas for you your family and friends but are a little set back with what charter company to choose we urge you to use american and family-owned lands and charters lands and charters offers of passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality ...of a long-time owned family business. Go to LensandCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cabo Greg or Jenny at 800-281-5778... ...when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience.
9: Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners... ...from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality... Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com.
1: Run Real Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes. Now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing
0: the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality
10: guaranteed. Rodden Real Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenrealradio.com archives and click the subscribe button to get started listening now.
1: Dan, Wendy, and I—we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Well, you know, with the shutdowns that we've had with the uh, COVID vi- uh, viruses, uh, tournaments have really been shuffled around, and tournament directors have been working overtime trying to reschedule, trying to keep their uh, participants informed of what's happening. And same thing has happened with uh, Western Outdoor News and the Big One events, uh, and. We've got with us the director for one tournament, Mr. Billy Egan, to tell us about one of the largest and most exciting tournaments that will be held here in California for the whole year, how it's been rescheduled, and how he plans to run it off here in a couple of weeks. So, Billy Egan, welcome to Rod and Radio. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you for being with us, Billy. Well, tell us, this has been... Uh, a real labor for you to take uh, this event that was originally scheduled at the beginning of the year and move it around and keep the uh, fishermen informed and uh, keep them excited about this event. Uh, Tell us a little bit about uh, the uh, California Open at Clear Lake. How's it coming along?
11: Oh, it's coming along great. You're right. We did the festival originally. It was slated for April, and we had a little over 170 boats pre-signed up for that event. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, due to the COVID situation, we had to uh, postpone that event to be uh, safe for all of our anglers and, uh, you know, the county up there. And the rescheduled date is uh, July 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, which is a little bit different because the guys are going to have to deal with a six-hour permit deal rather than an eight-hour permit deal that we're typically used to. But, you know, we've had a, a lot of the anglers uh, hold the tide. Uh, they are looking forward to fishing it uh you know we've got a point race this year with uh life Force water system for our ten thousand dollar angry deer prize which is still viable so we've got a little over i think a little over 160 we had 159 when i left on friday left the shopping cart open over the weekend and uh, we'll find <laughs> out exactly where we ended up tomorrow when i get back in the office uh but Somewhere around 160 boats and 160 co-anglers are going to be hitting the water July 22nd, 23rd, 24th for a BassCat uh, Sabre FTD with a 150 on it worth around $42,000, plus roughly around 20 dollars to $25,000 or so with 160 boats. Uh, so it's going to be an awesome event. We pay out over 110% on the pro side with, with all of our sponsor incentives and different things that are going on. Um, and uh, we can't wait. Um, I'm leaving next Thursday for Clear Lake, and uh, we're going to get everything going. Obviously, we have had to kind of change how we do tournaments, but not a whole lot because, interesting enough, you know, the Clear Lake, Kanaka Vista, and even the county were asking, you know, how do we handle tournaments? And I said, well, you have to understand that. The nature of bass fishing tournaments and tournaments in general is to limit the amount of people who come up to the scale at one time anyway. So we already do that uh, to make sure that the tournaments run smoothly. But guys will be wearing face buffs uh, when they're in public settings, when they're around the event. There will be no meeting. We're basically going to do a Facebook live meeting the afternoon uh, before the event starts to kind of go over the general rules and what to expect. I've been sending emails out to the guys, letting them know and posting on Facebook what the procedures will be. Um, We're going to add an additional five minutes to the flights to kind of separate things. Instead of 15-minute separation, there will be a 20-minute separation. So the first flight will go out roughly around 6 o'clock, and the uh, first flight will be in roughly around 12. But the last flight will be in until about 3.40. So luckily because of a three-day uh, format first day the anglers will get what they get and the next day it'll flop. So the guys have got the six hour day, the first day will get a longer day the next day. And right. third day we've, we've changed that years ago it's based on your position. So depending on how you're doing after two days will determine how much fishing time you get on the final day. But uh, you know our sponsors have been anglers have been great. Uh we've only lost a few guys uh because of the COVID situation. Had somebody call me just Friday, mentioned that he's got a family member that's got it, so he's gonna stay home just to make sure to be safe so that none of our guys are exposed to what he might be exposed to and um it's it's awesome. Just to be able to get up there and you know the fishing's gonna be insane. I know we got some algae blooms going on It's summer time, but Fish are still there. I've seen some po- photos of some guys practicing with five fish for at least twenty something pounds. Paul Bailey, the local up there, says says it's going to take twenty five pounds a day to win it. So we'll see what it turns out. But we can't thank Basscat Boats and Mercury Motors and all of our sponsors enough for uh, supporting us. And uh, we're looking forward to it. You know, you know, I
2: can't. I wish I could go. <laughs> I'm sitting here with a you know healing healing with a, a shoulder replacement and. If, and no matter what, I mean, all of these opens would be so much fun to just go and fish. Uh, we've fished tournaments down here since they, they opened up the the COVID situation for fishing, where, you know, you come up to the scales, and we had a drive-up situation. So one guy's in the cab, and the other guy's in the boat. You hand somebody your fish. They weigh them, and you don't have to go up right away, and somebody else comes and brings you your your slip after you're done and then you go down dump your fish you come back up even when you come back up it's the guys would stand around in the area that you know some guys in the boats and everybody's standing around a boat chatting like normal but everybody wearing a mask and it was all done very very well but it lends a whole lot for our sport that the guys have really supported this and i clear lake is just going to be a one of the best deals going up there because the fishing is always fun and have a situation where you're going to have to put 20 pounds plus in a boat to think you're even going to be close to a check. <laughs> What's wrong with that picture?
11: Right, right. Definitely. It's, it's going to be awesome. Obviously I won't be weighing any of the fish. We're asking uh, everybody not to come as far as the fans, unfortunately keeping it a skeletal event, like you'd mentioned. Um, we're going to do a Facebook live, uh, one guy will be able to come up with their fish while the other guy stays in the boat. Uh, unfortunately we're not going to get everybody across the, the, camera there, but we're going to do it safely and we're going to have a great tournament. We're going to have a champion at the end of it. It's our eighth annual California Open with the largest field we've ever had. Uh, with, uh, last year was 126 boats, which is the largest we'd have in the seventh year, but uh, 160 plus boats is pretty awesome any day of the week.
1: Now, uh, Billy, you're running uh, the uh, California Open here, and then you've come up, and now you're uh, uh, planning in a big part of another event that will be coming up in August down here in San Diego. It's called the uh, California Tuna Challenge. You want to tell us a little bit about that?
11: Yeah, uh, the California Tuna Jackpot is a brand-new tournament. It's going to be an inaugural year this year. It's scheduled for August 8th um, out of the San Diego um, Marlin Club. That's where we're going to do the weigh-in. Basically, we've set it up uh, as a miniature version of our very successful Cobble Tuna Jackpot that we've been doing for 21 years now. Um, Obviously, there hasn't been a whole lot of tuna tournaments here in the south uh, with the bluefin and the yellowfin around and the bluefin being around for the last couple of years. Uh, Obviously, you know, if you're paying any attention, there's some cow tunas being caught right off our waters. So we thought it was a great time to get together with our sponsors, uh, Yamaha, uh, uh, Accurate, Angle Coolers, SKB, uh, Maui Gyms and a whole bunch of them to put on a one-day event where you can basically uh, register online or send in your entry form. You can find it on WONews.com on our events page. Um, the purpose of it is, you can register now, get all the information done. We'll email you everything that we need so that you can get your wristbands far in advance and be able to launch wherever you want to. So if you want to launch from Dana Point or you want to launch from Oceanside, uh, because you want to, that's closer to where you're at. All you have to do is weigh the fish down in San Diego. Maybe take some, have somebody bring the trailer down to pick up the boat down there. We're going to have uh, an award show just with the anglers. We're asking, again, for everybody, the family members, to kind of stay home so that we can just get this event off the ground, have a great day of fishing. Um, what they're going to be able to do is the entry fee is $400 for a team of four guys. Um, you can have six, so if you want a fifth and a sixth angler, it's just $100 extra for each angler. Total of six, minimum of two, but you can go out and uh, – add in some options. We've got a $250 tuna option, $500 tuna option, and a $1,000 tuna option. We've also added a $250 yellowtail option for those guys that are out there chasing the big yellowtail. Um, So for a team of four, for all-in, it's $2,400. A team of six, I think it's $2,600 all-in, and we can go out and have a great day. Lines in at 4 o'clock in the morning on August 8th and then lines out at 4 p.m. and then gives you a good two hours to get back because the weigh-ins will be from 4.30 to 6.30, but you must be inside the 5-mile-an-hour harbor zone by 6 o'clock to have your fish weighed. Then at the end of the day, the top three fish are going to win the general entry pot, which, based on 50 boats, is 7,000, 2,000, and 1,000. Um, and then the options is just based on how many people get into it. But a lot of money, a lot of sponsor items going to be raffled off at the award show. It's going to be a great day. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, you can check us out on Facebook there also, uh, California 2, the jackpot, uh, Western Outdoor News, our website. And uh, give me a call at the office if you're curious about that event, 949-366-0248 is my direct line. Uh, but we're looking very... Uh, forward to this event and uh, for growing this for years to come.
1: Well, Billy, you've got to be uh, really excited with the possibilities of catching big fish at Clear Lake and then coming on down here to the Marlin Club for the uh, California Tuna Challenge and the reports of fish that we're getting right now, triple digit fish. And the one report that we had that there was a 370 pound cow that was caught on a trip that was just. Uh, an overnight trip, uh, the anticipation of bringing big fish to the scales in both these events has to be really exciting for you.
11: Yeah, we're looking forward to it for sure. Um, you know, uh, with my recent back surgery, I won't be lifting any fish. We've got good staff to help you with that. Dan, I know I know how you feel, man. I, don't know. I just got the clearance yesterday or Monday from my doctor to kind of live normal again. But, uh, you know, you got to let your body tell you what you can do and what you can't do. But uh, looking forward to that. We have also got the U.S. Open uh, in October, which we just got great news uh, last week from the National Parks. Looks like things are progressing where we shouldn't have any issues with that. I mean, we basically, you know, I don't know if people have heard about it, but when the U.S. Open ended last year uh, on October 17th, we sold out all three of our opens. In 40 days, and wow. we had 289 entries for the U.S. Open, which is crazy. But uh-huh. you know, we'll whittle that down to about 260 come October, and uh, we'll look. We'll be looking good. Looks like a good year. Hopefully, all this stuff kind of gets behind us, and we can move forward.
1: Billy, if uh, uh, someone wants to uh, get a hold of you and find out more about the. Uh, California open up at Clear Lake and or more information about the upcoming California Tuna Challenge. How's the best way to go about doing it?
11: Best way to uh, check those out are our wonews.com if you click the events and tournaments it'll list all the events and different things that we're doing um, if you're definitely interested in the Bath events I highly suggest you go to Facebook and join our Bath Tournament Ambrace group, which is a private group, which we uh, post all the information. We have a regular Wombass Facebook page, but I highly recommend if you're interested in Wombat, you join our Wombat Tournament Anglers group. So every time something's posted there, you get an automatic message. Um, and the California Tune Jackpot, just like the Wombat stuff, can be found on Wombat.com. Um, and again, feel free to give me a call anytime, 949-366-0248. We've already got about 12 teams signed up right now for the California Tuna Jackpot and a bunch of other guys saying they're going to sign up. So get in there. And also, before I forget, we have a deadline of, uh, of July 17th for the California Tuna Jackpot. If you get signed up or your team signed up before the 17th, you're in the running for a $1,000 Yamaha uh, generator that we're going to be giving away. So you're winning before you even start.
1: All right, Billy, thanks a lot for being with us. And let's check with you later on, uh, uh, not only to see what happened at the California uh, Open uh, at Clear Lake, but also to check in to see how things are going for the uh, uh, California Tuna Jackpot. Thank you for spending some time with us, sir.
11: You got it, guys. Thanks very much. I'd love to talk to you guys when I get back from Clear Lake and give you an update and tell you more about the California Tuna Jackpot. Thanks for having me. I
1: appreciate you guys. All right, Billy. Billy Egan, one bass director for the uh, California Open at Clear Lake and the upcoming California Duna, tuna jackpot down here at San Diego that's going to be run at the Marlin Club. So, Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, we're going to have the lawman himself, Gerald Bill Hockstad, going to be with us. We're going to be talking about calico bass fishing. You don't think calico bass fishing can be exciting? wait till you hear from bill hockstead so stay tuned stan wendy and i and bill hockstead will be back after these messages
6: turner's outdoorsman california's number one fishing hunting and shooting sports retailer now has 28 locations Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner's store near you, and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs.
7: Hello, this is Bill Varney from CCA California with a warning to all California anglers. Assembly Bill 3030 is here. AB 3030 proposes to conserve at least 30% of California's water and land by 2030. To date, California has already restricted or placed off limits nearly 40% of the fishable coast. With a current network of more than 145 marine protected areas, California is already recognized as a world leader in marine conservation. The state legislature is working quickly to make these possible closures a reality with no input from anglers. Are you going to let them take your fishing away again? It's time to join CCA if you're not already a member and stand up for your right to fish. Taking steps to help is easy. Join CCA if you're not already a member donate to cca to fund the fight volunteer with cca to join our army to help stand up for anglers and our right to fish you'll find more information and a link to join at ccacalifornia.org hi
5: roland martin here i'd like to tell you a little about gary Yamamoto and the gary Yamamoto custom bait company it all started with an idea then a dream and in 1983 the gary Yamamoto custom bait company was formed if you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality soft-faceted fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than 2.5 million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish a tournament circuit like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary
2: Yamamoto Custom Bait. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your whole 7262, or just spell Bass Boat. 1 800 Bass Boat. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1 800 Bass Boat, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1 800BassBoat.com.
8: Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart the San Diego Blood Bank. Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit sandiegobloodbank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor.
1: Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshihara, and myself, we want to welcome you back to the second hour of Ron and Real Radio. Hey, our guest this hour is going to be uh, calico bass hunter Bill Hogstead. But before we get to that, Wendy, there is a very important petition going around that uh, you would like to bring our listeners Attention to why don't you go ahead and tell us about that?
3: You know, I couldn't pull up the email real quick, but uh, Alma Leo has a uh, petition for Irvine Lake to open it back up to boaters. And I know, you know, I years ago in the '90s, um, I worked at Irvine Lake. In fact, that's where I met Stan.
2: That's exactly correct.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and when I was working there, he ran across me, and uh, that's how I got started in radio. But anyways, um, you know the lake has been open, but it's only open to shore fishing. And there's so much great fishing by boat that you can't access by shore. So I think it's a great petition. He only has 10 people that signed it, um, so far, but he's trying to get more people to sign it so that they'll try to open up, uh, boat fishing or boating again at Irvine Lake.
1: Uh, does uh, Al have a, uh, a Facebook page that maybe people can go to and, uh, Ah, uh, check out that petition request.
3: What I'll do is I'll post the petition to um, our Rod and Reel Radio Facebook page.
1: All right, do that, and uh, I've also uh, instructed Ben to uh, uh, put a link uh, on uh, rodandreelradio.com dot com to where you can go and sign the petition and find out what it's all about. And Wendy, is this just a problem that the uh, people that run the lake? They just don't want boating traffic on there? Or or what's the uh, juxta of, the, uh, of this uh, situation?
3: Well, when the Serrano Water District had um, Irvine Lake and they were running it, there were um, quite a few boating accidents. And I believe it was three deaths. I know there were two Um, I believe it was three. The last one just broke the camel's back and they couldn't get insured anymore because of the accidents that were, that happened on the lake, you know, and and I think the issue is, you know, maybe they have to do boat inspections before the boat gets on the water and make sure people have the life jackets and, and, um, the proper, um, equipment. I know when I worked there, there were two guys that were in a boat that didn't know how to swim and didn't wear their life jackets when they mm. fell over, they sank because they panicked. And so, I mean, it, it, you, know, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And I don't know how to fix that problem. But um, maybe, you know, if they take the extra precautions and check, do a boat check, safety check, maybe that'll help them reopen.
1: All right. Inf- we'll have that information then on the Ron Real Radio Facebook page and also at com. All right, let's get to our uh, uh, our next guest. A uh, This is a gentleman I've known for a long time. I've had the pleasure to go out with him many, many times in search of calico bass. And I've got to tell you, you talk about someone that is avid about fishing this particular species of bass. He's been that way for a long time. He's developed a lot of techniques. He's also brought with him a special guest tonight, too, to talk a little bit more about What's Happening to the Population of Calico Bass? Let me introduce our listening audience to the lawman. A lot of people who deal with him on a professional basis may know him as Gerald Hockstad. I've known him as Bill Hockstad for all the time. Bill, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Well, we're glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you t- here too, Bill. Um, you've also brought with us a guest, and can you introduce him uh, to our listening audience too?
12: Yes, joining us tonight is Mr. John Bierling, and John is a avid calico bass angler, tournament angler. Uh, currently, uh, could be fishing the SBS Championship tournament in two weeks. Uh, but he's also a diver, so he spends fifty percent of his time on the water, under the water, as well as on top of the water. So he sees calico bass under the water and and knows a lot about where they live. And what they're doing down there.
1: All right. Hey, John, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Are you there? Well, it's my pleasure and thank you very much. Well, thank you. You know, Bill has uh, brought you aboard with not only the fact that uh, you're an expert angler, but also you've spent uh, a lot of time under the water, uh, especially in the past 20 years. And one of the things you've been doing is you've been looking at calico bass and their populations. Uh, uh tell us what you've noticed in the time that you've been diving
4: well to be honest i've been uh diving uh um pretty seriously since the sixties I did some commercial diving uh for sea urgence, uh in the early seventies all through college uh but i've been a free uh a free diver you know holding your breath and diving down um so I've been watching calicos because calico's been my passion i've been pretty much a hardcore bass fisherman um since since the sixties when i Got my very first saltwater bass boat, so um, calicos are my thing. and I've been watching them. I don't I don't shoot them. I do shoot pelagics and yellowtail and uh, white sea bass and halibut, but I don't
1: shoot the calicos. I've been
4: watching them uh, pretty religiously uh, uh, ever since I said uh, back in the 60s.
1: Well, now, in this day that we've had MLPAs in place that have really cordoned off a good part of the coast that we used to fish for calico bass now, we've tried to find other locations to go out and get them what have you noticed uh, over the past time that you've been uh, uh observing uh the habits and and the populations of calico bass what have you noticed uh, uh, in the past few years
4: well just if i just cap it maybe 5 years back um, a tremendous um void of calico bass life in these beds especially when i'm hunting white sea bass and whether I'm at the islands or anywhere along the coastline, I'll dive a 100-yard, 200-yard, maybe a 300-yard stretch of just solid kelp uh, in search of, like, like, white sea bass. And sometimes I'll spend maybe three, four, five hours doing that, and I can count on one hand how many legal calico bass I see in that entire bed. Um, it's a little disheartening. Um, I've seen a tremendous amount of uh, uh, pressure by the uh, sea lions that have, made, in my my personal opinion, uh, calico as part of a main diet, which I've never seen going back, you know, 20, 30, even 40 years. Um, I never saw them chase a calico, never saw them eat a calico, and that's all I see is the calicos hiding from these seals, um, um, and the seals eating them on a regular basis.
1: Huh. Wow. Well, that's pretty I, new stuff.
3: You know,
1: yeah, Wendy, you know, go um, ahead.
3: When I used to fish with um, Mike Gardner, we used to head over to Catalina, and he had a favorite spot where uh, a lot of seals hung out. And we would fish there with the, uh, for the calico bass because, you're right, the seals never touched them.
4: They never did, and I used to fish uh, all the time. In fact, I commercial fished lobster uh, back in the 70s at Santa Barbara Island, which is a, a natural uh, um, a sea lion. Nursery over there, and they, you know, they bear their, uh, youngs over there. And we'd fish w- with 30, 40, 50 of those seals within a gassing distance of the boat. They wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't bother our calicos. They wouldn't grab them. Now, like I'll take San Clemente when I fish, uh, San Clemente Island, um, uh, frequently, I can barely get a bass back in the water and that seal will come out of nowhere, grab that calico and get them before you can get to a safety. Um, when I'm diving, when I get back close to my anchor boat, you'll see the sea lion uh, upside down, 30 feet suspended, under, directly underneath the boat, like he's been trained, waiting for a fish to be thrown over the side of that boat. Um, and, they, and they just lay there, upside down, looking at the bottom of the boat. And if you try to throw a fish back in from that boat, you will get it every time. Every time.
1: Bill, I remember a few years ago that you and I had the unique opportunity to fish at Cedros Island, And the conditions were such the year that we fished there that there was no kelp around the islands because of the uh, warmer water and the hurricanes that had come through there. And we were able to fish the west side of the island where you normally don't get a chance to fish as extensively as we did. I think that was the day we had like 171 calico bass. And I distinctly remember there were reefs and jetties that we were fishing that we were literally throwing our lures uh, right in the middle of where seas, seals were swimming, and never once were we bothered by a sea lion That when we were hauling uh, in calico bass.
12: Yeah, Cedros, uh, I've seen the sea lions We toss right up, right in the middle of the sea lions, and the calicos come right out in front of them, bite our baits, no problem. But there's plenty of other things at Cedros for the sea lions to eat. So they've got a a steady source of food that they hunt there. It doesn't include calico bass but the Coronado Islands now uh, the amount of sea lions there is mind-blowing. It's like being in a Blue Planet movie. There's so many sea lions down there. And I was just there a a week ago and I saw so many uh, baby sea lions just everywhere. So the they're having no problem breeding, I and mean, it's just horrifying to me the amount of calico bass they're probably eating because I know they eat a couple hundred pounds of food a day.
1: Now, Bill, have you noticed, uh, since you uh, fish uh, the uh, the Coronado Islands a lot, you fish up and down the coastline from uh, Zanuga Jetty going all the way down to Ensenada and Totesantus and La Bofadora. Those areas are not... Have you noticed that uh, there are uh, sea lions waiting to ambush calico bass that you uh, catch and release? Because I know you're an avid uh, proponent of releasing calico bass.
12: You know, it, it. it's a problem that ends at the Coronado Islands. Farther south, we haven't had any sea lion or, or seal seals eating calico bass. So uh, it's, it's where they learn to will? do it.
3: Maybe you know we have a problem where um, they think that we have a shortage of forage fish, and you know darn well that the the seals are eating all uh, a lot of the forage fish, the fin fish. Um, maybe somehow start a petition or something to maybe get the ball rolling on reducing the populations of sea lions. I don't know.
2: Well, I think across the board, even in Santa Bar- up from Santa Barbara north, the sea lion population is grown tremendously. Look what's happened in San Francisco, but they're having problems with the health of the sea lions because they've overpopulated. And nobody really is attack or even talking about the problem of overpopulation of a species, God forbid. <laughs> but you know, when you've got docks that have been closed down because the sea lions are all, you know, up on the docks and people can't utilize that for their own boats, And they've closed down areas now that sea lions are actually starting to get sick because there's not enough food for all of them. That's what the problem is. If there's not enough food, they're going to eat whatever they can find. And if you overpopulate an area and every every animal has to have its own environment to live in, it has to have enough water, food and home, if you want to call it that. And and food is the, the primary source. If it's not around, they'll eat whatever is available. Well, there's been no management uh, of of that species whatsoever. It's been, oh, oh, you can't do anything, don't do anything, to the point where now it's going to be, it's become a problem. Um, More and more we're seeing it, and and unfortunately our Department of Fish and Game, or whatever you want to call it, that's supposed to be looking at this is not looking at it at all, Uh, and that's really a travesty. So, you know, I think the awareness has to be our side. We have to publicize what's going on and say, hey, somebody needs to check this because it's out of control.
1: Hey, and guys.
2: When you, uh, at, when you start looking at down south, it's not out of control because the waters aren't. There's a lot more water and, and a lot less seals down there.
1: Hey, guys, we got to take a commercial break right now. So. We're talking with uh, Bill Hockstad on Calico Bass. John Beerling has also uh, joined us to show us some of the empirical uh, information he's collected. Uh, let's talk about catching Calico Bass here for a little bit. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come after these messages. We all like to travel, whether it's for business or it's pleasure. But one thing we all like to do, it's save money. Well, we got a travel tip for you. Bill Boyce has put together a travel website for you that can save you a lot of money. You can become your own travel agent. The site is bookwithboyce.com. You're going to save yourself 5 to 35% on all nationally advertised travel rates. You want to uh, go to Mexico? You want to go to Hawaii? BookwithBoyce.com can offer you outstanding prices. And here's the deal there's no surprises for accommodations, rental cars, or activities. So try BookwithBoyce.com now and thank Bill Boyce later on. Quantum Fishing's
9: gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bay casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger bone crushing drag quantum fishing we are performance tuned check them out at anglers arsenal or AnglersArsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355 hey everybody this is a message for our listeners from a new baja magic lodge at cedros island cedros outdoor adventures wants to make your dream of fishing cedros island a reality Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419. Or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419
1: or their website
9: of cedrosoutdooradventures.com.
1: Run Real Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes. Now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So, this is an important fact to remember use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance.
10: Stan,
1: Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Our special guests of this hour are Bill Hogstad and John Beerling, and we're talking about calico bass. And Let's talk a little bit about catching calico bass, but Bill, before I do that, you not only fish in our local waters off here at San Diego, but you're regularly going to the Coronado Islands. You're fishing along the, uh, the coast from uh, Zanuga Jetty uh, all the way down to Totosantis, Putabunda, uh, that area. Um, I get asked so many times here in the store what documentation do I need to fish? In Mexico and there seems to be a lot of confusion do I need wristbands do I need the visa Uh, my Mexican permit Uh, do I need uh, uh, my passport you're going down there regularly I know you're fastidious with having everything correct what do you have in place when you're going down fishing south of the border well I have what we call a boat import permit
12: and they have these import permits for RVs and boats. If you're going to be in Mexico, you have to have a boat import permit. It used to be available from Banjercito online, but unfortunately, Mexican websites rarely ever work or work correctly. They're always shut down for long periods of time, so to get any type of documentation now, you, you, you have to join Discover Baja because they're the only ones that can actually get anything these days. Okay. So they got the connection. So I joined Discover Baja. They can get your boat import permit. And I just recently bought a, what they call, uh, uh, a permit for fishing at uh, all of the islands that they, they've made, like their own Mexican MLPAs. So I, I, I have that per- permit. Discover Baja gets that for you, has your picture on it. So if you're fishing at Toto Santos Island or the Coronado Islands, you need to have that Biosphere permit. And I have that. And then I have a Mexican fishing license, which you can get from the, from the Mexican website. That's easily done. But that's the only one you can actually get online successfully. And then if you're trailering down, then, of course, you have to have everything up to date, your boat registration, tow vehicle registration, trailer registration. And when I cross the border, they come out with cameras, and they take pictures of all the documents. And then they walk around my boat and make sure the whole number matches the documents on the registration. They look at the trailer VIN number, and then they look at your truck vehicle VIN number, and I also have uh, an FMM to show that I entered Mexico by land rather than by water, so if I trailer across, I have an FMM, they're now available for $30, and it's a multiple entry FMM, whereas in the past, it was just one time use But so I have that, it's good for six months
1: now, is that available right at the documentation office when you cross the border? You can buy the FMM right there
12: at the border when, when you cross. You have to go through an inspection there. When you, when you get there all the way over to the right, you have to go through. You have to uh, clear uh, the immigration customs guy there. And then you have to wait for somebody else to come out. And then they, they're the, a different person takes the pictures of all your documents, fills out a bunch of forms, checks, all, checks everything to be sure you're good to go. Then you go through the x-ray machine, and then they, you have to wait until they read the x-ray machine results. And then once they've read them, then they come out and tell you you can go. Or sometimes they come out and look relook at all your paperwork again. <laughs> just depends.
1: Uh, a far cry from the time that we used to give the guy a little bit of a hand signal and run across the border, and we were off.
12: Yes, and so uh, uh, we all have our biosphere permits and our uh, uh, multiple-entry FMMs now. So in the case we're stopped by the Mexican Navy, we can show them that we didn't come by water, that we actually entered by land. And then I usually keep my receipt from the launch ramp. So that they can actually see. Yep, I actually launched from a a Mexican port.
1: Now there are a lot of people that are playing Russian roulette. Uh, private boaters, especially fishing at the Coronado Islands, they go, man, I never see any, any anyone from Mexico out there. I never see a patrol boat. I know you fish out there probably more than the average private boater. What are your observations up there? That uh, when it comes to patrolling by the uh, Mexican Navy. All right. Well, I've been there five hundred
12: times. Uh, so uh, uh, sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. So you, you just never know. But uh, uh, I I've been there in the at one or two o'clock in the morning when a Mexican Navy gunboat rolls up right behind us with a big bright giant bright spotlight. So they can be there, <laughs> which was shocking. Uh, they can be there any time. But uh, recently, I, I haven't seen much of them recently. Hey.
1: Usually, a lot of times, especially when you're coming back uh, early in the morning like that, because I know I have had the, uh, the privilege of fishing with you, and we go to the Coronado Islands, and we'll stay there till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, come back to San Diego, we are actually stopped more by U.S. authorities than we are Mexican authorities. Oh, yeah. We,
12: they, they have us on radar all the way back from the Coronado Islands. So when we get back like at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, we're often greeted by uh, the Border Patrol at the launch ramp, or if they don't catch us at the launch ramp, they drive down Rosecrans or looking for you, and they've stopped us there too.
1: Oh, no kidding. Now, now it's interesting. We were talking a little bit about the SEAL population, and uh, uh, during uh, the break you were telling me that uh, now uh, that uh, there are times when the California De- Department of Fish and Game will come out and talk with you about your catch, but they also ask you another question, and it's referring the subject we were talking about, sea lions.
12: Yeah, the young people that they hire to ask you how you, your day went, what you caught, where you caught them, and how many feet were you fishing, and all that kind of stuff, they'll, they they often ask us, were you molested by any sea lions? So th- they're evidently collecting that data also. Yeah.
1: Now, uh, John Beerling, if I can ask you, I know you were fishing uh, more uh, maybe up uh, in the North County and fishing Catalina and San Clemente. Uh, uh, do you find that, that it, when actually fishing hook and line, uh, fishing better, is it fishing worse or is it the time of the year that you're fishing that uh, uh, depends on what, what type of fish and the quantities that you uh, catch?
4: Catch a lot of incidental, um, white sea bass, yellowtail, black. I've been catching a lot of black sea bass. I, I recently have caught three in about four outings. So they're, they're responding, so they're, they're uh, pretty prevalent. But um, obviously the, the calico bass fishing has got much tougher. Uh, there's fewer fish in the water. They've actually got much smarter, uh, a lot more pressure on it. Um, when I started seriously fishing calicos in the 60s and 70s, I never saw anybody. I never saw anybody at San Clemente Island and uh I never go to those islands now where I don't even come across 3 4 or 5 other boats that uh, I fish with and they're all great fishermen they're all hardcore bass guys so these fish have gotten educated just like a large mouth in, in the lakes um they've seen pretty much every lure um so they go through phases but uh I still are less fish and there are less eager fish um the beds um just for reference, um, if you go to your typical uh, kelp bed, and I'll I'll dive like I, I mentioned earlier, while I go two three hundred yards, um, there's only calicos usually in the top ten feet and the bottom ten feet. So the whole midsection of the of the kelp bed is a ghost town. There's nothing swimming. There's no bait down there usually. There's no smelt, no perch, and definitely not the calicoes. Um, the big calicos don't seem to uh, spend much time in the beds other than to feed. Um, they predominantly become loner fish, like are at around 5 pounds. They don't associate schooling other than the spawning time when every animal on the planet, inclu- including humans, seem to get dumb and goofy. Um, most of the time they're uh, independent, isolated solo fish. Uh, they like the heart structure as opposed to uh, the kelp itself. And like I say, unless they're feeding, so, and then at nighttime, I find them literally in two, three, four feet of water, uh, tucked under the tightest, smallest little hole. The bigger the calico, the smaller the hole. Um, they don't sit in a big open hole like you would think or a cave. They wedge themselves in a crack, in a crevice, and they'll be laying in their sideways, and they're dumb. You, you could pet them like a dog. Uh, and then they come out sometime. Uh, and what's really bizarre is I've been fishing them, night fishing, you know, like Bill, my whole life, and catch a lot of caligos at night. catch a lot of big caligos, but you don't see them swimming. Now, your visibility is so reduced because you're restricted to your light and the cone of the light, Um, but you don't see a lot of them swimming. You see them in the holes when you're looking around for lobsters, uh, but you don't see them pre-swimming in the kelp itself or in the open bed.
1: You know, John, you've had the opportunity to dive a lot, so obviously uh, uh, maybe you've – dove around a lot of the uh, uh, protected areas, the MLPA areas, they were basically set up so that fish could come to these areas and spawn, but we're we're finding out, I guess, the law of unintended consequences that uh, now there's been a boom in the population of the, uh, uh, the sea urchin. Sea urchin has been eating the uh, stamens yep. of the kelp, kelp population has been diminishing, and in turn, do you think that maybe this has caused uh, a lot of the problem with the calico bass and other species that used to hide in the kelp, and now there's a lot less kelp in these protected areas because of the sea urchins?
4: Well, absolutely, and it makes them more vulnerable. Um, and Not only, as I mentioned, seals, but when we had this invasion of the Humboldt squid, um, I've never seen anything like it. It's a vacuum cleaner underwater and anything in its path from rock hot on up gets eaten. And then they're tremendous uh, predators. They can catch a calico bass, and then they're fast, and they have no problem catching calico bass and eating them on, on site. So if there's less habitat for a calico bass to hang out and suspend. They just don't like completely open water. Unless there's something going on there with a big school of bait or something like that, they want some type of structure to be uh, butted up to. Um, the less structure, the less fish are going to find. And the other problem is, does um, uh, the spawn? What? If they can't spawn in in beds, in places that have protective, uh, um, you know, shelter, you know, the spawn doesn't produce, um, so there's less and less fish being uh,
1: produced. And, Bill, what have you noticed uh, when it comes to that?
12: Well, I've noticed that there's been a lot of areas where the kelp has just completely disappeared. It's just gone, and it doesn't seem to be coming back at all. And then there's other areas where it was gone, And it's come back really good. So uh, at uh, Todos Santos Island, all of the kelp was gone. But now on the windy side of the island, or or, or, as John would say, the back side of the island, uh, the kelp has grown back really well. But on the lee side of the island, it's still empty. All right.
1: Hey, let's get on to fishing calico bass a little bit. So, Bill, I know for the most part, you are completely self-taught. And you started on square one, testing different lures. People that might be listening that aren't familiar with some of the techniques used to catch calico bass, uh, give us a little uh, calico bass 101, will you please?
12: Well, <clears throat> first thing is you got to find them. So what you're doing is you're looking for conditions, conditions that are optimal where a calico bass would likely be feeding. So I like to find structure. And it's real important to have some current, something to eat, like bait fish, and then your water clarity. Uh, And there's a lot of difference opinion about whether people like really dirty water or they like a green or they like a blue. I I don't want to be able to see the bottom. So gin clear water doesn't work for me. Uh, The calicos are going to go hide someplace else. So if the waters, I can't see the bottom, for instance, like at the calico, Uh, The Coronado Islands, I fished down there for 20 years and never saw the bottom. Now you can go down there and see the bottom all the time. So the conditions have changed so the water doesn't get all churned up and dirty looking. So uh, the conditions that you're looking for mostly is you got to find that current and you got to find structure. My preferred structure, just because it's just how I like to fish and John likes to do it with me. And, uh, and by himself with his friends, So we like to fish boiler rocks, a lot of rocks in the water, so that's why we like to go to Mexico, where it's like Jurassic Park. It's, it's the, the amount of rocks and structure is phenomenal down there, compared to up here, where you just might have a smooth, sandy beach. So there's a lot of places to hide, and uh, what we look for is... Uh, some good water movement. So we, we like to say foam is home. So if you got a boiler rock and there's some water movement on it and it's making the, the white foam, that itself becomes a cover. The fish hide in that good oxygenated water. And then we like to find some kelp against the rock. So that it gives the calico bass an extra comfort zone. He's got his rock to swim around, and he's got some kelp that he can hide in. He's got that white foam that provides a cover, that darker water that that's a that's a that's a a condition that you're looking for to to catch fish so we we fish right tight to the shoreline we're we're casting uh, i land right on the shoreline and drag the lure right into the water often Mm -hmm. and uh we can catch them in literally a foot of water
1: and tell us a little bit about your lure selection when i first met you i know uh Obviously, through Western Plastics, we make a lot of swim baits uh, for calico fishing. And I know you use a lot of soft plastics, but you were one of the first guys that I think I, I got to know. I, yeah, I know they've been using irons, but actually you'd go around out looking for hard jerk baits like the, like the freshwater fishermen would be using for calico bass. And, and uh, you know, you do that. Tell us a little about using hard baits. Uh, Hard plastics for fishing calico bass. Well, the the calicos love them.
12: Uh, I use a wide variety of of uh, hard stick bait types of uh, hard plastics. I like the Rapala X Wrap is one of my favorites, uh, and then I I use a lot of the Bass Pro Shop cheap lures that you can get five or six of them and it comes to like three dollars and 15 cents each and then they have a little bit bigger one and those are about six dollars a piece so i don't you don't necessarily have to spend a lot of money 20 or 30 dollars on, on a on a hard bait uh, some of the cheaper models work just fine I, I was using the bass pro shop one all day today in point loma
1: and uh, tell us about the rod reel combination that you you like to use uh, what type of a rod and why and uh, does the reel make a big difference
12: well, John turned me on to those Daiwa 300s, and that, that's what uh, I've been finding works really well. They're holding up well. They function well. So it's the 300-size reels is the reels that I, I noticed that most calico bass anglers fish with. I have one reel in the 400 size for throwing the big X-wraps. You know, If I'm looking for a really big fish in a tournament or something, I want to make sure I get it in. Uh, and then uh, just a standard uh, seven-foot rod you know, that has enough tip that you can actually cast and get the thing to go a long distance and work it back.
1: Yeah. Now, John uh, uh, Be- uh, Beeringly is uh, with us. And, John, uh, when you're fishing uh, in Orange County or off Long Beach and everything, you're on the breakwater or you're heading on over to Catalina or San Clemente, are you using the same techniques that bill is describing that he's using down here south or uh, do you have a little bit different twist to fishing for calicos that you use
4: uh i'm not sure if it's a different twist but uh i'm i am a huge hard bait fisherman um and i've been that way for uh, maybe 40 years um i explore baits being made all around the world some of my i'm not i'm like bill who who's, who's uh, um, a good shopper will buy a three dollar lure. I'm the idiot buying the thirty dollar lure. Um, I shop <laughs> all through Japan. I get a lot of my lures from from Poland, um, from uh, warehouses in Europe. Uh, a lot of pike lures. The bigger the better for me. I fish much bigger lures than Bill, um, and much bigger swim baits than Bill. So um, uh, you know, I try to I try to read all the conditions in the water. If the fish seem active, I'm fishing a hard bait. If they seem to be a little bit more lethargic, um, uh, the water is a little warmer, um, I'll slow it down. I'll go to a, to a softer plastic. Uh, if they're really not feeding, I'll go to a much smaller presentation, and I'll go low and slow on the bottom. i um, you not know the fish are at. Um, but um, like Bill said, uh, clear water is, is a death sentence for me. Uh, the dirtier, the better. And I've told many people this. You can't get water too dirty. I've caught some of my best fish. The biggest fish in water that literally look like a muddy river in the Mississippi. Um, they are great predators. They're comfortable in the dirty water. They like the dirty water. I believe they feed more on sound and vibration as opposed to sight. Um, that's why when you use a weedless, they miss it so often um, because they're, they're attacking it based on the sound and the vibration through the water. Um, so you can make, the more noise you make when you're lured, the better I think it is, and especially in the dirty water. It'll draw the attention. The bigger the bass, uh, the lazier they are. So it's usually as you catch a fish and you got a couple followers, it's usually the bigger one. They want to steal it from the other fish at the last minute. When I'm watching well, is- uh, um, a school of calicoes feeding on a, on a large uh, school of bait, as I watch them, the smaller ones, the 2- and 3- and 4-pound fish, do all the work they tackle they're the ones you see boiling on the surface and they hit the baits and you'll see uh, me in the water i'll see injured baits falling down with all the scales and at the lowest uh, portion of that um of that drop is the bigger calicos and all they do is just slurping up the injured baits that the smaller fish would beat up um, so they are lazy um thin bait is uh, only a small portion of their menu they have Everything in the world to eat down there, uh, from squid to octopus, shellfish, they eat everything. And then at nighttime, things that you normally never see, it's a whole different world that comes out and crawls around, and things that go creepy in the night and wiggle through the sand. And <laughs> uh, that's the stuff they eat, too. So, then uh, it's only a very small portion of a calico bass diet.
1: Stan, you have a comment.
2: Go. Yeah, it just makes sense because this fish is a predator that lives in in the jungle. Basically, it lives in a kelp and around structure. It it likes to be comfortable in an area where it can come out and attack. And that's exactly why you throw something that can move through and around where it can come out and attack it. And if it's moving slow enough for them to come find it, they'll come find it. Uh, they're not the open water fish, like he was saying, you know, unless they're out uh, on a on a big school of bait or something like that. But that's the not the norm. That's Aby normal, but that since it is the predator that likes to come out and attack, and and it will attack from the position where it can hide in all the time. It's it's camouflage like the kelp to start with, and it likes to stay in that kelp. So it just makes total sense. It's a fun fish to catch. That's what's made it such a popular fish for the bass fishermen across the board. I mean, it is just a popular fish. You got to get in there and work a little bit. If you're in that kelp bed and you're up against the rocks, man. It, when they eat it, you got to pull them away and get them. And that's the fun of the sport. It is a great sport fish, and it's a ton of fun to play with and learn because we've learned more and more in the last several years as it it's become a tournament sport uh, for this fish. And, and it's been an education, to say the least. And the catch and release part has been a great boon for the fishery.
1: You know, John, liking $30 plastic baits, I, I would not consider you an idiot I would call you no. a good customer for Why? sure. I would be, I'm I'm your best customer. There's, there's no price. Hey John,
4: much uh, I think that bait will catch a fish.
1: Uh John, uh when it comes to uh your rod reel, uh uh do you like using Spectra? Do you like you all using uh, uh a copolymer or a nylon? Uh, uh tell us about the line you're using.
4: Yeah, I I fish uh almost Spectra uh um some type of braided line exclusively, uh, the ability to be able to cast to strengthen it and especially, um, uh, the sensitivity of the line itself. You can feel literally a fish breathing on it. I fish, uh, a fluorocarbon on all my, all my, um, outfits. Um, uh, usually about a three foot liter. Um, I, um, probably fish 30, 40 pound tests on a regular basis. Um, I've fished bigger, but I usually stick around that 30 and 40. Um, especially if I'm using hard baits, because they're $30 a piece. But um, um, all my rods, uh, most of them are Phoenix. Uh, I've been fortunate to have multiple sponsors. through. I've been tournament fishing now for over 40 years. Um, so I've been very fortunate. Um, but I only fish items and I only take items that I believe that work the best. And Calico bass fishing is my passion. So primarily a Phoenix and a Daiwa guy on rods. And almost exclusively a Daiwa guy on reels. Um, the Daiwas seem to be bulletproof. Um, I probably have 25, 30, um, 300s alone, and I've made. I very seldom have to maintenance any of them. They're bulletproof. They work fantastic. They do everything I need them to do. If someone uh, invents a better reel, I'll be the first guy in line trying to buy it. Um, so I try to. I try to buy and purchase what works best for me. I've had a lot of decades of uh, trying to figure out what's the best, so Iowa is is the go-to reel for me.
1: Bill Hockstad. now, I know you are sponsored by Mrs. Hockstad, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Tell us, uh, (laughs) when it comes to the rod you're using, what type of action do you like to see in a rod, in a good uh, calico bass rod?
12: Well, John, uh, John Birling's got all of his, really nice high-end equipment, and I like to mock John and, <laughs> you, and, and Steve. You, Bill?
1: I can't find it. Because they'll be
12: tossing that. out their $30 lures, and I go, John, Steve, I'm going to throw out my $3.50 Bass Pro Shop lure on my $69 13 rod, although I got the nice Daiwa reel, and I'm going to catch a six-pounder, just like you guys are doing on this lower-end gear. So you don't have to spend a lot of money, Uh Likely the higher-end rods probably last a lot longer, uh, but um, I'm pretty brutal on equipment, so I break a lot of things. I step on a lot of things, so if I'm going to break something, I will think I'll break a $69.13-brand ma- rod or
1: something, rather like than
12: that. a $300 Phoenix.
1: Yeah, oh, man. Hey, guys, unfortunately, we just started scratching the surface on this subject, and we've uh, almost come to the end. John Bealing, I appreciate you you uh, coming aboard like this and giving us your insight on calico bass fishing i I, i'd like to have you back again so we can talk a little bit more about the subject thank you for being with us it would be
4: my pleasure and thank you very much
1: and bill Hogstad, i know we're always in here talking about calico bass fishing i know it's a passion that you had them we talked a little bit more about the population that we did the techniques but i'd like to invite you to come on back again and Let's talk a little bit more about uh, uh, calico bass fishing because, as Stan said, it's gotten to be uh, a, a sport now where there are tournaments and a lot more people fishing them. And then, obviously, it's a fun fish to catch, and I know you have a passion for it.
12: Love fishing the calicos. It's our favorite fish to catch. It's what my two brothers do. It's what I do. It's what John does. And we're going to keep on doing it. All right.
1: Bill Hockstead, thanks for being with us. Stan, we didn't have a lot of chance to talk about uh, what you've been going through, but I hope you recover well and uh, check up with uh, Stan Vandenberg on Facebook and everything like that, and you'll see his ordeals and, and how he's getting along. Thanks a lot, Stan, for being with us right after your surgery.
2: Well, you know, it's it's a real positive thing. I got to tell you, you know, I was scared to death going in, but coming out, I'm going, man, you know what? It's pretty cool. You can do a lot of things, and I have no pain, and it's only a couple of days afterwards. So yeah, I'm real positive about the future. I can't wait
1: to get back to fishing. All right. Wendy, thanks a lot for being with us, too. So, hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. We want to thank uh, Otto and the AM540 studios, Ben Harvey, always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Captain Eddie McCune and
9: that,
0: just
1: Paul Leader from fishing. Elko Sports. So good night, everyone. We'll see you next Sunday night, Rod and Reel Radio Go on, Show. Don't around, will you? Gone fishing. Keep it shady. I got me a big one staked out. Mm, you ain't working anymore. I don't have to work. I got me a piece of Gary. Cows need milking in the barn. I have the twins on that detail. They each take a side. But you
0: just don't give a dog. four bits of cow and hand lotion. You just never seem to learn. Man, you
1: taught me. You ain't got no ambition. No convincing. Gone fishing. Got your hound dog by your side.
5: That's old
4: Cindy Lou.